You're waking up with Pat and Tom. New Country 105.1. And a quick shout-out this morning to... Um, Saw this on Twitter. You know who Gary Gerald is, right? The play-by-play guy for the Sacramento He's got the bucket. He's been doing it for so long. He's synonymous with the team. And he has been named to the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences Gold Circle, which marks 50 years in broadcasting, which is a pretty amazing feat. And he, he tweeted about it last night. He said he's stunned, humbled, and blown away. The honor recognizes 50 or more years of service, dedication, and contributions to the broadcast industry. So congratulations to him. And I saw that because it was a retweet from a guy who works here part-time on the weekends, and he's also a television producer, Mark, Mark Cuman. Okay. And he retweeted it with a congratulations to Gary and said, hey, man, very well-deserved. I'm surprised it took this long. Well, Mark, it, it, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to take 50 years. <laughs> Made me giggle. That's why he's part-time. I tried hanging with the Raiders game last night. I tried. I did. How, how, many, uh, how many quarters did you make it? Into the third. Wow. That's pretty good. And the most entertaining part were uh, all the high school pictures of Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Where he looked like Urkel. I, was, I saw that on Twitter last night. That really was him. I thought yeah. that was some kind of internet meme going around. No, I figured really it was what he really looked him. like. No, that's him. Man, Dietrich goes. He's so skinny. I said, Well, he's in high school. I mean, yeah, times change. A lot of people don't really hit their their growth peak right. until they get to college or beyond. But still, nerd. Or until the steroids kick. He in. was like nerd <laughs> mode. It was amazing. I know. He looked like such a nerd. He's, you know what? He here's what people don't know about him. Super smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Book smart, too. Yep. And he's also, he's, his engine is still going. I don't know if you saw the, the play last night where he carried, like, the entire defense into the end zone from 10 yards out. That was the Raider highlight. I mean, I mean, he still has it. I just, I hope that Derek Carr and his receivers soon get on the same page because they were reading two different books last night. <laughs> <laughs> Need your help. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, I was at the mall yesterday. I was shopping for Vegas. I'm in a good mood. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get these series of texts from the Brit, and he said his ex found out about us, and it could potentially screw things up. Then he said he should have told her. All right, to bring everybody up to speed, mm-hmm. your boyfriend is British. Yes. He came out here, he spent a week or so, and then he went back, and you're planning on going to see him. Yeah, yeah, in October. So, you know, we've been talking, obviously, every single day, and here's a little backstory. The Brit and I, we've, again, been talking for about two months. They broke up back in April, and here's the kicker. They were dating for nine years. Nine years. Mm-hmm. And I understand how relationships go. I understand the emotion that goes behind it, but I, he's almost telling me he should have asked for her permission to date somebody else. So then yesterday, I'm, I'm texting him back and forth, and I'm like, well, what do you mean screwing things up? Like, where's your head at right now? And I was like, why don't you call me? This is something you should you should be on the phone about. And he was like, no, I need some space right now. And I was like, wait, what? So I'm, like, trying to assess the situation more, and he's responding. But then he was like, please just give me some space. Okay. So, so I'm like, recap in two sentences. What's going on? <laughs> he wants space because his ex-girlfriend is sort of back in the picture. She found out about us and is very upset and took it out on him yesterday. And somehow it's now my fault. And I'm the one that has to take the back seat and sort of figure things out. And it's obvious he still has feelings for her. But, I mean, we've been talking for like two months and he made it seem like he was done. That was it. And I don't know. Go ahead, Tom. 
Have you thought about dating a nice local boy? I mean, you know what? The more I get into it, the more I'm like, maybe I just should. You know, maybe that's what I'm better off with. But I was single for so, well, not so long, but... How are you feeling? I'm anxious. You can hear it in my voice. I'm... I am really like the guy. I really do. And I know we have sort of a lot of issues, but I... How long did they date? Nine years. Nine years. Yeah. And he didn't poop. <laughs> what, what do you mean? He didn't poop. Poop or get off the pot. He never popped the question. They well, aren't that's together. True. Right? That's so true. I've thought about that on a few occasions. After nine years, yeah. if you haven't made that move, she ain't the one. Right, and that's how I feel about it. But I guess she needs to realize that. But I also feel bad. She seems like a nice person, and it's just, I don't know. And there was a lot of, like, Instagram stalking and this and that happening. And I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't I don't need this. But I like him so much. I really do. I really do. I think I've, I've reached my threshold of being able to relate. <laughs> you can't relate. <laughs> I think I'm just like, I, I think I just, yeah. All right, what should she do? Good luck to you. What's your next move? I know, move? you know what, at this point, it's just sort of... What do you think your next move good is? Good luck. I mean, I'm going to give him a space, and if anything, I think I need it, too. Tinder. Anyway. <laughs> um, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Vegas this weekend, which I already have planned, and I'm going to have a great time, now, and you, I'm not going to worry about it. What if you meet a nice boy in Vegas? Well, then... Uh, like there are nice boys in exactly. Vegas. Exactly. I don't think there is <laughs> like there a nice good, guy. there are good, wholesome boys hanging in out in Vegas. Vegas. They are on Monday. <laughs> Cody, we got a, uh, a message for you. Somebody oh, heard no. your, your plight. Okay, here we go. Cody, sounds like your British guy is playing you. No. If he wasn't still emotionally attached to the ex-girlfriend, her opinion on his relationship with you shouldn't matter. Well, I agree. And they say, just like America did 242 years ago, you may want to consider declaring your independence <laughs> from the British. <laughs> New Country 105.1. Patty Tom's Hot Nashville Minute. Carrie Underwood about to go Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Congrats to her. The Hollywood uh, Chamber of Commerce is giving her a star on the Walk of Fame. The ceremony will be September 20th. 20th in front of the Capitol Records building. Simon Cowell and Brad Paisley will be there as guest speakers, which should be fun. Times are good for Tyler Rich. I don't know if you've seen them yet, but the Yuba City Natives, Native is uh, featured in a commercial that's been running on several cable channels for a CMT sweepstakes contest that will fly a couple of winners to see Tyler and several other up-and-coming country stars perform in Nashville. Also, he recently spoke about his upcoming wedding to longtime girlfriend Sabina Gadecki, saying his life has become so busy that they'll probably get married sooner rather than later, but they still want a huge bash. And probably best of all, Tyler Rich's re- record label is releasing an EP a week from Friday. It'll be called simply Tyler Rich and will feature his debut hit The Difference as well as three other songs. You can read more about it at KNCIFM.com. Huge day for Luke Bryan yesterday. He started his own record label and his goal is to sign up-and-coming artists who maybe wouldn't get signed to other record labels. His first signee is a guy named John Langston who's out with him on his farm tour. Luke also officially opened his bar and restaurant in Nashville yesterday and yesterday his latest single Sunrise, Sunburn, Sunset became his 21st number one song. Jason Aldean canceled his show this Thursday night in Ohio. That's in Cincinnati because the Ohio River is flooding. They've had so much rain there. And the venue where he was supposed to play is right there next to the river, so that will not be happening. We saw this amazing statistic yesterday. 2,300 people a year are sent to the emergency room for, quote, pizza-related injuries. So we asked on Facebook, how is that possible? 
Well, they broke it down. Some people slipped and fell while making pizza or when they were in a pizza parlor. Most of it, just slicing the pizza, but most of it came from, like, trying to bite the pizza before... The yeah, lava, when it's too hot. The lava hot cheese had cooled down, yeah. So before. we asked on Facebook, has anybody ever been injured by food? So far, over 150 of you have <laughs> responded. I love it. A lot of people saying two words, Captain Crunch. Really? No that, kidding. That'll Captain. tear up your mouth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, you know what? You're bringing back bad memories. There you go. Yeah, you've got to let it soak for about an hour oh, before it's soggy enough to eat safely. Uh, Claudia yeah. said, my friend cut herself pretty badly sword fighting with sourdough baguettes. Huh? What? <laughs> Lisette says, when I was in elementary school, I chipped a tooth eating a Fig Newton. What? And then she goes, soft and chewy, my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Covert says, I was hit in the eye by a squash. Libby, burn my chin on a Hot Pocket. That's food, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, Beth something says, like that. <laughs> Beth says, you, oh, this is bad. Used a stick from a poison oak ivy bush to roast marshmallows. <gasps> the whole inside of her mouth swelled no. up. Oh, that's not good. Oh, that's Tra- awful. Tracy from Auburn. I can see this happening. Said it was a chocolate chip cookie. Her son, who was a toddler, wanted to share his cookie, so he rammed it into her eye <laughs> and scratched her cornea. Oh, no. And Rachel's might be my favorite. Just last Friday, I bit into a carrot. On the second bite, it stabbed the roof of my mouth, and I started bleeding. Chocolate never did that to me. It is September 11th, and want to take a, a few minutes and remember uh, that horrific day. Um, Cody, where were you? You were in what, seventh grade? Seventh grade. I was in geography class. We just had to sit back, and the teachers let us watch the TVs to kind of tell us the story. And then my geography teacher came out and let us speak about it, sort of raise our hands and talk about it. He gave a really nice brief message and, you know, kids were taken out of school for the most part after that or we just sort of had study hall. If I, don't, if I remember Were you able correctly. to wrap your head around it? Because in yeah. seventh grade, what are you, 12, 13? Yeah, I think I was in a phase where you are that young teen with some hormones and I, I think it really was the first time that I I mean, as sad as it is seeing like death on that scale and, and it just my heart sunk so low. I mean, I, I really couldn't comprehend it and it, it still affects me to this day but it's just yeah i mean being at that age at that time it's tom and i were able to go back a year later and broadcast on the one year commemorative anniversary of 9-11 and we ran into sat down with a couple of firefighters they're from engine company seven ladder one they were the first company on the scene that day on 9-11 2001 we talked to steve rogers and firefighter john mcconaughey about how their day went on the 11th, we got all our gear together, and we proceeded down in my truck, and we went down to the towers. Can you describe that day? You're just down there to help people, that's all, you know, and, and what went on, and you just couldn't believe it. When the tower came down on top of Steve and I, it was like a freight train, the, the, the sound of it. I remember the sound of it. How close were you guys? We're a block away. Steve and I are both very lucky to be alive. And then after the towers came down, there was, there was no water pressure, and rigs were just burning out of control, and you couldn't do anything. Either you walked away alive or you were dead, and that was it. At the time, going back then, the week that followed, were you able to, to really feel the compassion and, and the love from the rest of the country? Yeah, if, it was, it's hard to explain. Like the first couple of weeks of the fire, uh, first few weeks when we were working 24 hours on, 24 hours off, we had firefighters from all over the country in our firehouse. They were sleeping here, and they would go down and dig. We had firefighters from San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, Boston, Canada. They would dig all day, sleep all night, dig all day, 
just showed you how uh, firefighters from, you know, different breed and they stick together. We would do it for them, they would do it for us. Sacramento firefighters said that... Uh, Sacramento was here also. Yeah, Sacramento was here. I didn't, I didn't mention that, they were here. Yeah. And they just, they were impressed by the way that you guys handled yourselves. And at the same time, is there any smack that you want to run their way? Because really they feel like uh, when it comes to fighting fires, they probably would still outdo you guys. Sacramento, California. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> I don't even remember those guys. And if they walked in there, they're just too worried about their looks. All all those California guys. Steve Rogers, John McConaughey, two of the first firefighters on the scene on 9-11 from Engine Company 7, Ladder 1. And everybody has their own remembrances, what you felt, how you had, had to wrap your head around it. I'll never forget trying to explain to my five-year-old son, Lucas, at the time, my parents... We're on a flight from the East Coast headed to California. And what you realize when the planes hit, they were all headed to California because they were carrying maximum fuel. And trying to find them that day and then report on this and do your job, it was one of the most difficult days I think I've ever spent on this job. So when I got home, I had to explain to him that Grandma and Grandpa would not be coming out because, and I tried to put it as simplistic as I could for a five-year-old to understand, some bad guys flew some planes into some buildings, and so Grandma and Grandpa thought it was safer to stay home, and instead they're going to come out and see you at Christmas time. He had nightmares for a month, and there was always the same thing. You know, we'd have to get him, and he'd say, bad guys flew planes into airplanes, but Grandma and Grandpa are okay. Yeah. And it just broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. I remember Joe, I think, was about Lucas's age, mm -hmm. and after explaining to him as best I could what had happened... Uh, first thing he wanted to know was, how were how were the the little kids? How were oh. how are the children of the people, the victims, and and trying to explain to him that that, that they were okay, they were going to be all right, they weren't going to maybe, and it was just that was uh, just going back to that moment right now. I'm just like uh, it's hard. I can't it do it. I can't do it. It's hard to drudge it up. And when you speak of small children. You go right to Rockland High School and the seniors who have put together, and think about this, these are young men and young women who were either just born and not even born yet when this happened. They have an American flag on the grounds of Rockland High School today for every single person who lost their life that day. Wow. That is just incredible. Rockland High School, good on you. You feel like you're being targeted. Why? This is, this is one of those rare days where we all kind of come together. So... Maybe this is a good time to bring this up. Just because somebody is driving a Prius doesn't make them a bad person. All right? Yeah, I do feel a little bit targeted. Vicky and I got this used Prius a couple, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I still have my F-150, by the way, but I use the Prius to commute to and from work. It's just cheaper, okay? And I have noticed, and I have no doubt about this at all, people tailgate the crap out of me. What? When they never would do it when I'm when I drive my my truck. Are you sure? Oh, I'm positive. I am absolutely a thousand percent positive. It's, it's like suddenly everybody hates me because I'm trying to save a few bucks on gas. <laughs> I don't think I've ever targeted a Prius driver. I was well, you're, well you're, unless you're, they were a bad driver. You, wait, maybe. Wait, hold on. You're, Which would right. be all of them? You're a nice person. Oh, Pat? You're, you're a good Pat. Have you ever purposely? Like, I don't tailgate. Okay. So that doesn't matter. But do I have a a bias a, towards a Prius drivers? formed opinion on people who drive Priuses? Perhaps. Do you have a Prius bias? The truth comes <laughs> out. Look, look, 
I love you, and today we're going to come together, so I'm not going to say this. Since I'll save it for tomorrow. No, go ahead. It's, nope, I'll save it for tomorrow. Well, okay, good. good. That's, that's fine. It's just, I, I like won't I tell you. you today. I'll tell you tomorrow that you do drive slow. I do not drive slow. You've here's, turned into a Prius driver. I no, just know it. Here's, here's one of the things with a Prius. It's got this readout on the dash, and it shows you how much you're getting miles per gallon okay. by the speed you're going, and there is such a difference between 70 and 65. It's not even funny. It's like between 40 miles to the gallon and 60 miles to the gallon. And so for the first time in my life, I set my cruise control on like 66, okay? But who can fault me for that? I'm getting 60-some miles to the gallon. That's it great. Get out of the left now. lane. That's yeah, no reason exactly. to hate me. It, it all makes sense now. That's why Prius drivers you, are right, the way hold they on. are. Do you have, here's the question. Do you have a preconceived notion of a person based on the car they drive? Okay, yeah, I do. I do. I can think of a few vehicles where I'm like, yep. Uh. I just, I'm about ready to get those Yosemite Sam mud flaps. Back off. <laughs> <laughs> Which would look great on a Prius. Prius. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get some, some flames painted on the side. Yeah, right. I think you ought to get that thing tricked out so everybody knows. Now, there's a guy full of hope. <laughs> Tom feels he's being profiled, targeted, because... You drive a Prius. It's not a feel. I know that people tailgate me. They're more aggressive around me than any other vehicle I've ever driven. Terry from Golf, go ahead. I, too, am a Prius driver, and I actually want to be more, I guess, aggressive people on the road. out there and move over (laughs) pat and tom new country 105.1